Hello there, and welcome to this month's episode of our Diversity Inclusion podcast, or vodcast, depending on how you're listening to it, addressing the elephant in the room. I'm Lindsay Bridges, and during this series, I will be exploring DHL Supply Chain UK and Ireland's journey on our DNI agenda. We'll be addressing a range of topics around diversity through discussions with colleagues from across the business. In this episode, I am thrilled to be talking with Dav and Tutu, two leaders from here in our UK and I supply chain business. And we'll be talking about their personal journeys that brought them to where they are today. So Tutu, why don't you start and just give us a little bit about yourself? Thanks, Lindsay. So, um, well, I'm originally from Nigeria. So people, a lot of people ask me what the meaning of my name is. Um, so my full name is actually Adetitu, and that means uh, the crown is gentle in, in broad terms. Um, so I'm originally from Nigeria. I've lived approximately half of my life in the UK, half of my life in, in Nigeria, um, and the rest of my life around the world, really. So I'm definitely a, a product of many societies. Um, I am the first of three children. I My upbringing was you know, fairly strict, firm, fair full of love um, and one that you know I, I cherish and remember fondly um i'm a person of strong faith so again that that really directs everything that i do in life really so that's a bit about, my, about me brilliant tutu tutu thanks for sharing that and um i hadn't realized that you'd spent sort of um, only half of your life in the uk so that's that's interesting to hear so dav you um tell us a little bit about what your story is your background Thanks, Lindsay. Firstly, can I just say thanks for having me on this. Um, in terms of my story, my name's my full name's Davinda Singh Tattle. I'm a British Sikh. Um, my parents came over um, in the 1960s. So my dad came over from Punjab in India, my mum from um, Kenya. So they settled there. Um, I was born in Forest Gate and I'm, a, I'm the eldest of five. And um, yeah, so the eldest of five children, real strong in terms of my beliefs in Sikhism, but I also have a real affinity to being British and, and I'm really proud of that. Um, into, I've been married for 26 years, so um, got three gorgeous daughters and two passions for me really in terms of outside of work are football. I've been a season ticket holder at Tottenham since 1999 and also played golf really badly. So. Um, but yeah, they're, they're my real strong passions outside of um, outside of my immediate family. Gosh, you've been a season ticket holder at Tottenham since as long as I've been working in logistics. That's a little scary, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and I've played some real rubbish football in that time as well, I tell you. <laughs> Brilliant. So Tutu, your role is leading our environmental agenda, really important agenda for the business these days. But But how did you get into that as a career? Uh, this is going to sound really cliche, okay? But I've, I've always wanted to help people in one way or the other. I've always wanted to, to save the world. That, that's just, you know, me. That's just how I've been. And um, I actually started off wanting to become a reconstructive surgeon. So I wanted to give people back something that they lost. Um, that was my passion. And but as I, as I you know, kind of continued around that, I started to hear and see stories around um, pollution, really, um, where I grew up, particularly in oil producing nations. And then, you know, I, I began to really think about doing something there because I felt like I could, again, save more people um, in that way, because I really do believe that individuals can can make a difference. Um, and so I then deliberately took the choice to go into the environmental fields um, and, and study actually for, for a master's in environmental science 
just to figure out how you know we can really start to make a an, an impact on the climate around us. Um, and here I am today. That's really interesting. I guess you know was that very much influenced by growing up in in Nigeria, which is a big um, oil producing country, right? Absolutely, and and you know the the effects of oil pollution, but also the effects of I suppose poverty as well linked to it. It, it. It's an interesting thing, isn't it? It's a dichotomy. You have an oil producing nation, but you have a lot of poverty and living side by side and seeing some of the effects of the damage. But, you know, there was a little bit of also exploitation. I'll be honest with you, um, Lindsay, from there. Um, you know, the, the, the communities, the local communities are affected by exploitation from large corporations. And that's the truth. Um, and so seeing that and wanting to help both um the communities, but also, you know, thinking about how we can change and really make a difference um, has has been something that has been ingrained in my mind, really, and, and continues and carries carries on through to this day. Sounds like you're very fortunate. You've got a real um, a real purpose in terms of why you've chosen the career path you have. Yeah, definitely by choice. Yeah. And, and Dav, you've recently I mean, you've recently stepped up in our business, haven't you, into a, a VP role. So tell us a little bit about your career background and history. It's quite interesting, really, Lindsay. My 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 career path isn't as purposeful as um, Tutu. So, we I remember back in the day we felt uh, finished uni. We were the first years to have student loans back in those days, and I've come out of university thinking, "Wow, I've got to pay these off somehow." So I ended up taking up a job in a warehouse as a colleague on night shift. All those days, uh, all those years ago, in a place called Brimsdown in Enfield, and. From that, I, I just got the buzz for it. I really did. Every day was different. In those days, I was working for Tibet and Britain. Um, and the, the camaraderie, the team ethic that was in, in that team, I just thought, wow. And I've just fell in love. And through there, I've just had a variety of different roles within the business. I've worked up to you know first line manager, took up a couple of admin roles, moved into operational management roles. Then, you know, my, my first big break, it was a G, um, general manager role in um, Frapston and um, big site and big experience, big, excellent learning curve. And then from there, I've then progressed to operations director and, and finally into the VP operations role um, from last June. Wow, that's uh, that's really interesting, isn't it? Just to see that that career progression and, and great that you've continued to do that within our within our business. I think the beauty of working for a company our size is, is being the opportunities that are available to all of us. So I think I've, I've tried to maximise that and challenge myself every couple of years to move on to a different role, a different environment, just to continue your learning, but also to challenge yourself in different environments as well. And I think, you know, our company definitely gives us that opportunity. Um, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, with our size and scale, you can do anything within a, a single country or, or in, in different countries, different divisions, different areas. You're absolutely right. Um, but what is interesting about our business and what's interesting about our, our UK business in particular, if I look at the if I look at the population of the UK in general as a country, it's sort of 86, 87 percent um, white in terms of and then people of colour sort of 13, 14 percent. But if I take that down to our UK supply chain business, our percentages are are not as strong as that in terms of that diversity mix from a management population. We don't have 13, 14% of our management um, being people of colour that you would ex perhaps expect to reflect that population. So I'd like to explore that a bit with you both if we can. And, and maybe firstly start off by, by talking to you, Dav, around 
the kind of barriers that you faced maybe in life and in work that that might be part of that the reasoning why our our diversity is not so representative of the population in general it's quite it's quite interesting this because i've been thinking about this more and more over recent times and when i when i when i got promoted into the vice the vp role of operations it's quite interesting the number of colleagues that contacted me and saying well done you know fantastic to see somebody of color on you know, getting getting moving, progressing up to that level. But when I think about it, you look at the FLM level, yeah, the, the, the first line management level. Actually, we have got quite a diverse team. Yeah, you've mm. got different nationalities, different, you know, you've got uh, you know different mixes of people. However, when you go up the level, up up the levels of management, then all of a sudden it becomes less representative of the of the teams that are actually working. So I think there is fundamentally something around role models. We definitely need some more role models in these, in, 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 in you know, in the higher level management roles, so that you can aspire to that. But also at the same time, there is a little bit about confidence. I, I believe that we need to make sure that our FLMs and the colleagues feel the confidence to go for these roles as well, because I'm not sure whether they see that as a bit of a barrier as well. But for me, mm-hmm. you know, it's as much as pushing yourself, but also. At the same time, having your line manager say, look, go for it because I think you're ready for it as well. So there's, there's an element of that. That's interesting. I think you're right, because I do see that there is a, certainly a, a, a real diverse mix in both our colleague and driver population and our FLM population that doesn't seem to to flow up the tree, so to say. Um, yeah. Tutu, what do you think? Have you experienced that kind of um, that kind of, uh, you know, challenge within your career? Yeah, I mean, I would say so. So one of the the, the times when I probably felt um, that there were certainly barriers in in my career was when it was it was being a working mom, um, actually. So being a, 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 both a working mom, but a, a, like a, a black working mom. Okay. Um, it, interesting enough, you know, when I when I moved to um, Coventry, which is where I'm based now. We moved from somewhere up up north, and we moved to Coventry, and I didn't have the I didn't have the structure around me. Um, to say, you know, can somebody look after my children? Um, and so I needed flexible working patterns at the time. And that just, it, it, was, a, it, it was a battle that I had to face um, that I didn't need facing at the time. And so certainly that was a barrier. And also because I didn't have the structure around me, um, just external to work, to probably help to cope with that, that again, increasingly, it made a an already stressful situation, you know, putting your children in school, you know, made an already stressful situation much more stressful. And I found that part of the reason for that was there was nobody, and Dad was talking about role models, there was nobody within my immediate team at the time that was experiencing the same thing. And so trying to get that um, empathy, you know, in understanding the situation was definitely very, definitely very, very difficult. Um, at the time, so that that certainly would, you know, was one of the times where I, I would say, yeah, 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 there was definitely a barrier there. Do you know that is interesting? I mean, like you, Tutu, I moved to England from from Ireland when I was when I was working and didn't have any family around me when our daughter was born, and we made the decision that my husband would give up work because that was the only way we could manage that kind of childcare scenario with with traveling without having that family support. So I do I do understand and I do see that, you know, we have to make choices as we go through our lives, unfortunately, don't we? So you both mentioned role models. So Dav, talk, talk to me a bit more about role models uh, in the business and maybe, you know, the role models that you've had to support you in your career journey. I, I still remember 
I don't think I would have made the progression that I've done without a general manager that worked at Brimsdown. And he was just absolutely inspirational. I still think about the, the way he managed, you know, now. And he was he was the first one I come across within the business in terms of pushing me and, and telling me to go and experience and, and, and challenge myself. And, you know, and, and actually saying, look, go, go, go and move to a different site and go and experience it and go and find out what it's like. So that was one. And then the second one, prior, you know, during my Primark days when I was working in the operation, a brilliant learning journey, absolutely fantastic. The toughest three and a half years of my life, but the, but now I've, I think it's really helped me develop and grow. But the operations director at that time was fantastic. So no matter what challenge we had, but really supportive, really encouraging. And some of those traits that he, he, you know, he's got, I've, I've absolutely tried to take them with me on, on those. But there's two individuals that really resonate with me that without them, I don't think I would have got to the, or pushed myself to the level that I've done. And that's not for a want of trying, but these guys were just, you know, really, really inspirational and you want to learn of them. And, and that's the type of role models, you know, that we're talking about that, you know, you, you want to aspire to. Now, that's interesting. Sounds like you've had some really strong coaches and supporters in, in, in those role models to help develop your, your career as an individual, which is, which is really great to hear. And, and Tutu, maybe for you, I'll, I'll phrase the question just a little bit of a different way, and maybe this is a little bit challenging, but, you know, we don't, as Dav said earlier, we don't have that many people of colour in senior roles in our business. There are a few, but not that many. And, and I just wondered, you know, how does that feel for you as a, as a black woman in our business? This is, an, this is a really interesting one, Lindsay. Um, it, it's, been, it's been difficult, but again, it's not one of... It's not one of those things that you sometimes think about. You just get on with it sometimes. Um, and then you come back and you think, oh, I'm the only person in the room. It's in- actually, for me, it's usually I'm the only black woman in the room. So I'm usually the only woman or the only black woman in the room. So, so I get it twice. Um, I remember that, you know, one of, like, one of the ta- times when it really struck me, um, because again, I... I like I explained earlier, living half of my life in Nigeria, I guess is different for somebody else that grew up in the UK. So I was used to, you know, lots of black people around me. And then you move to a country and then you do expect, um, frankly speaking, I expected to have more white people around me. Um, but when it comes to being the single person, one of the, one of the times that that really struck me was uh, my early career in DHL. Um, I, I, I think it was my final, yeah, it was my final graduate presentation and I remember walking into the room and opening the door and it just struck me. I just saw, you know, white men sat around the table and I couldn't help it. I just said, I'm going to change this. That was literally what I said. I just said, I'm going to change this. Um, and so that, you know, that that moment till this day stays with me. Uh, so for me, it's getting on with it. It's, it's representation. It, it is trying to role model, um, trying to say, actually, you can do it. And it's about confidence and you know and, and knowing what it is um that you want to get out of life that's um that's interesting shocking I mean I guess I get the only female in the room sometimes but, but I don't get it twice like you do but it's interesting though because Dav when we were chatting just before we came we came online to to have a discussion you were saying often you feel the same right very true Dizzy. like I said at the time I didn't really think too much about it yeah but now Sitting back and reflecting back on the, the career journey that I've you know been with a been with a business twenty six years as well, so 
you know, you know, they've been been with the company for a while. But it's quite interesting sitting in the national team meetings. Yes, yeah? so these were GMs and equivalent and above. Yeah, so the senior management team of DHL at the time, and going in is similar to what Tutu's just said. You, you sit in there and you think, you hang on, there's less than a handful. This can't be right. Yeah. And you, look, you look, then look at your peers and you think, you know, everybody's going to say that. And you look at your peers and you think, hang on, how have they progressed before you know, me having an opportunity? But more and more of them now start thinking about it. I, I do think there was something there, you know, and it's, it's right that we're talking about it. It's right that we're bringing it out to the open now and saying, look, let's, 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 let's tackle this. But I, I, at the time, I didn't really, talk, didn't really think about it. But now looking back, I do. And I think, hang on, it, it, something just didn't feel right at the time. But it did make me push myself you know, in the back of my mind. There's a, there's a little bit to say, look, I do want to progress. I do want to get to the next level and I'm going to do everything I can to get, you know, to put myself in that place. Yeah, that's interesting that you both sort of said it made you think differently and want to do something differently. So let's unpick that a little bit more. I mean, what can, what can we do as DHL? What can other companies do? What can individuals do to kind of change that balance a little bit? I think we're on the right journey. I think Tutu's always talked about the, you know, if I look at the future leaders, there's there's definitely a, a more diverse mix to the team that we're bringing on board, which is brilliant, which is absolutely brilliant to see. I think we do need to actively encourage role modelling, and we're, we're doing that. And Tutu in her role, you know, he see he's, he's absolutely the head of the Enviro Solutions aspect, you know, the Go Green agenda um, for us, um, and and that that is really really powerful, but. There is a bit around, you know, how do we give the confidence to the FLMs to become the next shift managers, to become the next ops managers, ops managers to become the next GMs, and and I think the more we talk about it, the more we broach the subject, and it's quite strange because it's quite a difficult subject, and sometimes you don't want to talk about it, right? And you, you're not sure whether you're going to say the right thing or not, but it's important that we do, and sometimes we will, unfortunately, say the wrong thing, but it's only to educate ourselves and only to learn, and it's important that we keep these keep this level of communication going. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree with Dav more. I think that um, just making a safe, making a safe space to talk about it is really important. You know, and I, I wouldn't have thought five years ago that we would be having this conversation. Uh, about a year, it, honestly, yeah, about a year, uh, two years ago, I, I attended a, a graduate placement. And, and again, you know, I do these things from time to time and I go and talk about Go Green. Um, and there was there was a good mix of graduates in there, you know, male, female, different diversities. And um, and I talked about Go Green. And I remember that at the end of it, a, a young black man came to me and he said, oh, it's nice to see you here. And I thought, what's he talking about? But he said, oh, it's nice to see you, a person of color. And I thought, OK, I wasn't thinking about that. But for him, it made it made a difference genuinely it took me by surprise it made a difference and I think that um having the opportunity and that space to talk about it and having people that feel comfortable to Dav's point that feel comfortable that there there aren't any places that are um kept for you know I, I don't know that 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 not everybody can attain to I think it's really really important that concept of of talking about it and providing that safe space and and as you just said to to and Dav your point about you know people worry about saying the wrong thing um let's un, let's talk a little bit more about that because often I worry about saying the wrong thing and I'm sure many other people do as well so what 
what advice would you give to, to folks who are listening to us around, you know, if they want to get into this subject and start to talk about diversity and about how to um, improve diversity in their organisation or change what they do? What would what advice would you give? Um, Tutu, maybe maybe you can start that one. Not wanting to say the wrong things shows that you care. So that's that's one good step. Um, I would say that if you just treated people as individuals, because ultimately, ultimately, um, you know, a black person, a person of color, a person with a different um, gender identity, what you know, they're all people at the end of the day. So treating and and approaching people as people and just being genuine will always come across, and that's better than not acknowledging them at all or not acknowledging the subject. So I think it, it really is just being honest, being open, being vulnerable um, and having those and just having those conversations. Interesting points you make there around just just having the conversation and and knowing that it's coming from the right place in terms of yes. that you want to learn or you've got the right intent. I think is interesting. Um, and Dav, have you got anything to add to that? Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. So it's, it's, it's good to be inquisitive. Yeah, we, we are a people business and it's good to know, you know, what, what makes people tick, what's important to them. And part of what will make them tick is their heritage and where they come from. And it's important to know that and, and to have those, you know, have those conversations in a way that actually you, you're trying to find out more. You're trying to learn. It's a part of your learning journey. And, and it's important that we do that and celebrate, yeah, and, and celebrate the differences. Um, but it's important that we do create those safe spaces because there is, you know, I think we all do it, don't we, at times, to say, actually, am I going to say the right thing here? And before you know it, you know, things could potentially escalate. And it's important that it's, that we get these forums out there, we have these conversations, and try and drag out more and more. I was listening to your um, podcast, Lindsay, the one that you did with Sahel and Toby Ann, and, you know, the passion from these guys that are coming from our business, it's, it's, it's a wow factor. And, you know, we're learning so much of these guys because they've got that passion to, 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 to celebrate that diversity. And I think, you know, the more and more learning that we do from these guys and the way they operate, I think it's only going to bring value to our organisation. Yeah, I agree. And I think the, you know, the, the race networks, the gender networks, the LGBTQ plus networks that we've now set up, hopefully begin to give people in our business that safe space to come and, and talk and to learn and to educate. I completely agree. So talking about being inquisitive, um, Dav, I want to be a little inquisitive, a little curious, if you like. So um, you've already said you've, you come from um, a Sikh religion. Tell me a bit about how you celebrate that, you know, those religious holidays in, in the UK, because they're not mainstream celebrated in the UK. So tell us a little bit about how you make sure that you find the time to do that. When you, when you go through our day season, Lindsay, you'll see this as common practice in the number. Um, you'll see... a. a, a normally a wall that's got all the flags of, of the various nations that celebrate the diversity of our teams. You find interesting facts yeah, about the country, normally coming up to a, either a, a holiday or an event or a religious um, um, you know, activity going on. But you know, you'll normally find that we, we celebrate in terms of food offerings in the canteen areas, publicising in the newsletters, just to try, again, just to try and get more and more information out to the teams to say, actually, we've got somebody from this nation celebrating this event. Let's now learn a little bit about what it is and, um, you know, and, and do that. I know when my daughter's growing up, they used to do that a lot at school. And, we, you know, it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's pretty much 
doing what they were doing at that age and bringing that to a work environment. So it's it's something that you know I'm really proud of to, to see how many different you know nationalities we have working at our sites. And it's important that we do recognise each and every one of them and celebrate, you know, what's important to them. Yeah, I think it's great the way that we can begin to do that. And we do that more now. It's, it's almost normal to do that, isn't it, in, in, our, in our business, certainly in the UK. Um, Tutu, I'd like to talk to you a little bit. So this month is, is Black History Month. And um, I'm curious to, to just explore your view on that in terms of, you know, what do you think of that as, a, as an event? Because I know we're doing some work in the UK at the minute in terms of celebrating that and raising awareness and education. Black History Month, you know, thinking about it, the, the opportunity that it gives to, to, I suppose, bring to the fore a story um, that is typically hidden. Okay, so you know, the concept of um, the, the the one-sided story, the single-sided story, and I think that you know that that does uh, that has permeated, I suppose, through our culture and society for a very long time. So, from the point of view of bringing awareness um, and hearing a different side of the story, I, I I would absolutely I absolutely welcome that. You know, getting people educated. I, I do wish that we didn't have to have Black History Month, I'd be really honest. Um, but we have to start somewhere. So I'm hoping that very quickly we can move from education and awareness to actually just an appreciation of the various cultures that we have, whether, you know, Black, Asian, white, you know, whatever it is. Um, so it's it's okay for now and it's good for now. Um, but I'm hoping that very quickly as a society we can move to understanding and appreciating each other okay we're getting towards the close of this i've got two final questions for you both so the first final question is and tutu i'll start with you who inspires you um who inspires me gosh wow i i i take inspiration from um strong women i would say strong women around me strong independent women around me and whether that's in business, whether that's in my personal life, um, I'll say definitely my, my mom, my dad, I'll have to say, just in case it's listing as well. But you know, generally, honestly, strong women around me um, because I, I've grown up with people that are uh, typically you know, marginalized, whether in society one way or the other, but they, they fight through it, they, they power through it. Um, you know, lack of education doesn't hold them back or lack of opportunity doesn't hold them back. Um, so shout out to all the, the strong women around me. They definitely inspire me and, and, and push me. OK, so we got a shout out for inspirational strong women. Thank you for that. And, and Dav, what about you? Who inspires you? Who's that inspirational role model that you think about? So, so similar to what Tutu's just said, my, my folks, first and foremost, yeah, they came over in the 60s, couldn't speak a word of English. They've made a life there. They've, they've set me you up know, for five of us. They've set us all down. We're all doing our independent things, but you know that 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 sense. Oh, oh you know, for, for me, what what those guys have done personally, you know, I'll, I'll never forget, and I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I want to try and keep that going. But outside of that, being a football fan, you know, it's, it's a bit a bit corny, but the England football team are inspiring me at the moment. I love the way mm-hmm. Gareth Southgate, the diversity in the team, and then being relentless about fighting any racism has been absolutely brilliant to see. And it is changing. You know, I've been on the terraces, like I said, since 1999. It is definitely changing that perception that it is not okay to to be racist. 
actually let's be anti-racist and, 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 and make a stand against it. But that, that camaraderie, that team spirit, that they're in it for all of them, I think is a wow factor and something that we can definitely learn in the teams that we're building yeah, in all of our, within, our, within our sites as well. So for me, that, that, that's a real strong message and that's very clear. And I'm, I'm loving it. I've got to say, I'm really loving it. And, you know, that's interesting you say that. I'm not a football fan at all, but even I have seen and heard some of that. I've been very impressed by the maturity of some of those young black footballers in that English team, right? Yeah, absolutely, Lindsay. And for them to take a stand, but not only the black footballers, you know, you've got the white footballers that are standing shoulder to shoulder and saying this is not good enough. And that, that to me, is what makes a difference here because we've had it in the past with other, you know, anti-racism campaigns where it's been the black footballers talking about it. Actually, now there's a difference. There is a real team togetherness that is saying we, we ain't standing for this. And if you don't if you don't want to don't want to be part of it, don't support us. And that's a very strong message. So, yeah. a final short kind of closing message on the subject of diversity and inclusion from you from you both. A message for all of our listening. So, Dav, let's go first with that. I, I think for me personally, I think, I think you've got to believe you can do it. Yeah, you've you've there's got to be an inner belief and in saying look. Whatever barriers we will smash through, or, you know, and you know, they're, they're, I'm going to do everything I can to push myself as far as I can. The other thing I would say is, please reach out to any individuals that you feel that can support your journey, and and make the time and, and make those contacts, and really, really channel whether they be in your personal life or in your professional life, but really use the experience that people have gained to date and say what else we can do. But there is a real, a real, a real strong piece from me to say that have the courage of, of your convictions as well. Be strong. If you don't feel comfortable, talk about it. And, and that's the forums that we are, you know, we're really putting together. And it is all about, you know, everybody is different. Everybody's unique. But celebrate it. Let's, let's not use that as a blocker. Definitely celebrate it. And for me, you know, that, that's, that's vitally important in our, in our, in our organisation. So some key messages there I heard. Um, use your network. Believe in yourself. Have courage. Be confident. And, um, and celebrate everybody's uniqueness. Uh, thanks for that. Those are some really important messages. And Tutu, your final closing, closing thoughts on diversity and inclusion? I think mine, mine would be, you know, listen. Uh, take the time to, to, to really listen um, to people. Take that time to listen. Create that safe space. And listen to the experiences and believe the experiences. Um, don't, don't kind of... Um, I suppose, what's the word I'm looking for? Don't don't use your own experience to judge somebody else's experience or somebody else's reality. You know, when people share their reality with you, believe their reality um, because their reality is not your reality and create that safe space and, um, and just treat people like people. Just be nice, be kind. <laughs> um, it goes without saying, you would say, but honestly, I just think be kind. That's a really powerful message, isn't it? Be kind, be nice to people. But I think what you're saying um, resonates a lot in terms of, you know, don't don't belittle someone else's experience. Um, you know, believe it. Take it for what it is from their perspective and their point of view and their reality is not yours. So, um, so I really like that. Thank you. I think that's a very powerful message to end on. And the overall be kind to people, we're all different, I think, is, is coming through from you both. So... That's it for today. Thank you all for listening. 
Watch out for our next episode. You'll be hearing more from us around diversity and inclusion in DHL Supply Chain UK and Ireland. And as ever, you can watch us on YouTube and you can listen to us on Spotify or iTunes. Thank you very much. And thank you, Dav and Tutu, both for such an interesting and, uh, and enlightening conversation today. I really appreciate it. Mm-hmm.